Welcome to Shaken and Stirred, a James Bond rewatch podcast for diehard double O's and franchise first timers alike. My name is Evan Atkinson, and I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Alex Doherty. Alex, how how the how the heck are you? I'm doing absolutely swimmingly. Whoa, oh, easy. All right. Listen. Please don't cuss. <laughs> we are freshly 25 and rearing to go. That's true. A quarter of us. Do you feel do you feel different? This is our first Bond movie we watched since we made it to a quarter century. Do you think we're gonna look at this different? Definitely. We'll be so we're boomers much more now. aged. <laughs> right? This is like I already go to bed at 9 p.m. now. Yeah. So. I'm so sleepy. I turned 42 at 24. Honestly, <laughs> when, last weekend, I felt like I was 23. You know what I mean? Figure yeah. that out. I felt. <laughs> Figure that I out. Rarely, yeah. I feel good. I feel good. I have fresh, fresh, new, new baby birthday eyes. Mm-hmm. And you're also tan. Am I really? Do I look good? Yeah, you look tan. Oh, thanks. It looks like you've been outside. I that have. Too. I, I mean, I listen. Wow. <laughs> I'm feeling great about this one. Yeah. <laughs> We're watching License to Kill, 1989. It's License to Kill. It's our second and last Timothy Dalton movie. I have high hopes for this. I have high hopes. Honestly. Which is dangerous. Timmy's pretty good. He's great. He's pretty good. He's he just was so a, capable. He's just, he's he's good at being a spy. And he had an aha theme song for the last one, which kicked ass yeah these 80s ones have been fucking um, bops this is gonna bring us into the 90s and then there's a six-year gap until the next one until your co-worker's cousin what's his name pierce brosnan pierce brosnan until pierce brosnan shows up in 95 so this is like this is kind of the end of an era this almost killed bond wow for a second this is the, that's some hard heels to ride on this is for, I'm, I'm double checking beep 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 beep, beep. This is going to be, it's going to lead us into the longest gap between Bond movies we've had. Wowzers. And. Piercy must have been strong. Almost, almost the biggest gap of all time. It's tied with, between Daniel Craig's final two movies. Wow. Um, Which is, but there was a pandemic that influenced that. This was just, I think everyone was pretty pissed at Timothy Dalton, so. I'm really surprised that the biggest gap isn't between Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig. Oh, isn't? Yeah. It's, yeah, four years, which is... It's That's surprising. Years shorter, which is crazy because... In my mind, Bond was so much earlier. It, feel, it feels like after Pierce Brosnan, like, they were never going to make another James Bond movie. Or, well, rather, before Daniel Craig, it was like, they haven't done a James Bond in forever. This is such a new take. This is so crazy. Right? Like, this is so... A gritty James Bond, like... James Bond is so corny, it's from the 70s, but the last movie was in 2002. And then 2006, Daniel Craig shows up with his parkour and pathos. I have a feeling 2002 one isn't going to be too hot. I've seen some clips. I'm pretty sure he surfs a tidal wave in that one. Nice. Um, We're going to get good old Felix in that one. I think, or no, maybe it's, it's the one with Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Everywhere, Everywhere, All at Once. Michelle Yeoh. I think Michelle Yeoh's in that one. Nice. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know what we're talking about that. We should be talking about the living daylight. No, fuck. License to Kill. License to Kill. License, <laughs> License to Kill, which is, I think, the most James Bond-ass name for a James Bond movie. Definitely. Like, oh, it's the whole, it's it's whole, the whole thing. thing. It's this whole thing. This is like, it's like calling a movie 007. James like, it's intrinsically linked to the character. Epic. I'm very excited. I'm going to go, for, yeah, hold on. I'm going to go first in my prediction. Oh, you don't know anything about this one? I don't know anything about this one. And yes. actually... Before I do my prediction for what this movie is going to be about, I'm going to introduce <laughs> our special 
guest for the episode. She's lying prostrate on a sofa, clinging to life. Our 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 friend, she's been on a few episodes before, Emily Lamb. Emily, hello. What's up? I was just here. Now I'm excited to watch one. Yeah, I've, still, I've, been, I've broken your home and said it's time to watch the movie. Yeah, that's right. I don't give you a shirt. That's true. I'm wearing, M gave me a Billy Crystal shirt for my birthday, which is just seven photos of Billy Crystal's face. Are you excited for this movie? What do you think? Yeah, I'm excited. I never really, you know, there's a few things that I can always expect. A little bit of misogyny. Someone has a gun. <laughs> Big boom fight. And, and, uh, oh, sorry, are you done talking about Clint Eastwood? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, those are things that I can expect past that. I'm just here for a good time, you know? Hey, I appreciate it. I think we're all here for a good time. Why else would we watch movies? To learn something? Fuck that. Not from James Bond. Not from this man. <laughs> go go get out of here in Inconvenient Truth. I don't, want, I don't want to learn anything from a movie. I just want to watch Misogyny and Guns. Was that the right quote? Yeah. All right. He teaches us a lot about alcohol, though. He does. He does. It's like, you got to drink Bollinger. You got to know if someone's ordered the wrong wine pairing, because if they are, they're probably trying to kill you. <laughs> and he's going to be on a boat. And he's probably going to be, not Sex just be on, on a boat, boat, be with a woman on a boat. I'm going to predict that License to Kill is going to be an origin story for how he got his License to Kill. Ooh! I think we're going to do a little bit of a, a little bit Jump. of a flashback. Which is a first. We haven't had a flashback in these movies, but I feel like you know, License to Kill is all about how one becomes a double O. So okay, I got no. I can't give two things. I got to stick to my guns. I think it's going to be an origin story. Nice. Uh, and I think we're going to go to. We went to so many good places in the last movie. So where did we not go? I think we're going to go to South America. We haven't done that. In a while. I think we're going to go to. I think there's going to be something airborne. I'm just going to say there's going to be a big airborne set piece. I think we're going to be on a plane, you know, in the air doing some acrobatics. That's it. So we're going to South America and up. I love um, that. Alex, what do you think is going to happen in License to Kill? I like where you're going with the idea of it being an origin story, but I, I won't too. say Thank that. You. Here's what this movie is going to be about. I think James Bond will be primarily in the United States. I think he's coming back. I think he's going to be working with, I think he's going to be randomly in New York. And it's going to be something fun about him being able to kill in a new age. Because we're entering the 90s. Interesting. The crack epidemic. What do you think? <laughs> Really fun stuff. And we fix New York was so great. <laughs> New York is so great. Hashtag so 90s. 90s kids will remember this. It's also still the 80s. And what do you think? Oh, I'm hoping it maybe gets a little mobstery. Mm. Um, and it feels oddly niche that I think a James Bond movie might somehow be linked to Madagascar. I'd love to see James Bond there. Yes. And I also would love to see him in a hot air balloon. <laughs> I would love to see that too. Those are just hopes and dreams. I don't particularly think it might happen in License to Kill, but wouldn't it be cool? I think, Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. I think this is good <laughs> programming question for my co-host, Alex. Mm -hmm. So we missed the timeline-wise, the like not official. I think it's either eighty-four or eighty-seven. Never say never again, mm -hmm. which is not officially canon. Sean Connery comes back. Mm -hmm. Do we watch that next, or do we go to Pierce Brosnan? Do we like come back to that at the end? I kind of like the idea of 
returning to something not canon after everything. It gives us a little Sean Connery treat after we've had our veggies. Yeah. Or, well, actually, after ha- we've experienced arguably the best movies. Yeah, or- it's like it's like when you get the kind of shot of an aperitif after a really good dessert where it's really kind of disgusting, but you, you go for it either way. And some yucky port. Mm-hmm, that's what James Limoncello. Bond. I think that's what Sean Connery will be for us. Everybody loves a limoncello, though. I, everyone loves Sean Connery, except for the women's. <laughs> except for the women that he slaps on his way to the top. We are going to watch 1989's License to Kill. We're going to come back, talk about it a little bit more shaken, a little bit more stirred, and let you know when we thought. We watched all two hours and 12 minutes of 1989's License to Kill. Wow, and and that was Patti LeBeau. Patti LeBeau? Interesting, the more you know. Pretty good. That one was long and violent. It was long and violent. We got a lot of blood. It was, I I paused the movie to rewind to a part where the Bond girl had a silly little walk across a room that I thought was funny and worth calling out. (laughs) And realized that there was 39 minutes left of the movie and almost had a panic attack. It was, that felt like the longest 39 minutes. Listen, I thought, here's here's Mm -hmm. the twist. I thought this movie was pretty good. Oh yeah, I thought it was good too. But it was long. They it, that it fell into the trap that it does every time, where it doesn't need the last like whatever. There's like at least forty minutes you can cut. It does. It it kind of does the same thing that the last movie did of like adding two layers too many yep. to the villains arc. Definitely of like. I don't like the last one was like all of a sudden we're in Afghanistan with the Mujahideen, and I was like, well, hold on. <laughs> We have not been in this country. <laughs> what? Yeah, what happened here? This one, like, went to a meditation retreat Yeah. in a fake Panama. We already had a layer. We already had a layer. There's there's two layers. Keep it clean layer. Like three. This is, let's let's talk about this movie, mm-hmm. I think, in, in general, if folks haven't seen it. License to Kill. It starts with a wedding. Let's just let's, begin it with let's, that. Hey, I tell you what, it starts with a wedding, ends with a jump in a pool. Yep. The wedding, it's Felix Leiter, a James Bond CIA home dog. Mm-hmm. Homeboy? Road dog? Yeah, road this dog, road dog. homeboy. His CIA road dog is getting mm-hmm. married. And Felix, the classic. They don't really tell us that. It's just kind of James Bond on the way to a wedding. Yep. And then Coast Guard helicopter lands in front of him and is like, He's here. Sanchez is here. And James Bond goes, I got to get a piece of that. And we're left thinking, hey, who's Sanchez? James Bond's about to go find out. So there's there's an extended helicopter chase. James Bond is chasing down this criminal named Sanchez, this drug lord. Who does whip a woman within the first second of meeting him. Whips a woman, yeah. That's how we know he's evil, huh? Mm -hmm. He does. She was sleeping with somebody else. Uh, So she deserved it? (laughs) All right. Your words, not mine. Yikes. These movies have really gotten to you. Listen, I think all women should die. So, Sanchez, yeah, Sanchez is proven to be evil pretty quickly. James Bond is chasing after him. Sanchez is about to, oh no, he he gets caught. So, he, he there's a whole chase. Sanchez mm-hmm. gets in a plane. Mm-hmm. He's flying away. James Bond gets on the Coast Guard helicopter. Helicopter 
plane chase ensues. Didn't really think that a helicopter is as fast as a plane. No, that plane was going no miles an hour. Jury's, jury's still out on that. Mythbusters um, would disprove it. But James Bond is like, you know what I know how to do is go fishing. And I am, in fact, going to use myself as bait. He attaches himself to the winch of the Coast Guard helicopter yep and the helicopter lowers him on top of the plane which he just kind of grabs yep wraps a tow cable around and then they just kind of yoink the plane out of the sky fishing yeah just stops driving fishing crazy idea incredible practical stunt sequence definitely so they're dragging a plane around they're just they just kind of yeet a plane out of the sky Mm -hmm. and then they uh, parachute into their wedding so they oh yeah lest we forget felix at bond parachute in felix's wife has a weird moment of i guess it's tradition to kiss the best man and kisses james bond hey no it's not no i mean a couple times too if it was james bond wouldn't she though yeah you know kind of you would so the wedding happens make your own traditions at that point felix felix and his bride are very happy but then with their gauge age gap of 25 years yes yeah no the actor (laughs) who plays felix lighter is conservatively 65 and, and the actress like who plays it is like 30. 30. Yeah. yeah. It was tough. Then we have our intro. Pretty good intro. Mm-hmm. The title sequence, dope. It was like a zoom out of a camera from the wedding. Yeah. That was um, a fun little entrance. It was good. Classic. The song rips. Yeah, it was a banger. Gladys Knight, License to Kill. Mm-hmm. I, oh, my God. Someone needs this. Someone needs to sample that. A hundred percent. These 80s ones have been really phenomenal. So good. Mm-hmm. Aha. And Gladys Knight, are you kidding me? Timothy Dalton knows how to pull it out. Ugh, we get to Sanchez is being interrogated by the police. He's being interrogated by Ed from Twin Peaks. <laughs> Who's also called Ed in this movie. Yeah. Is he Ed from Twin Peaks? Yeah. Big Ed. Hey, Big Ed. Okay, yeah. He's he just he's typecast as an Ed. Mm-hmm. I guess he's an Ed in everything he's in. Uh, he gives that energy. Uh, but yeah, he's he's interrogating him, and and then the next scene turns out huh, he's a bad boy. He's a bad boy. Ed from Twin Peaks lets Sanchez go. Sanchez drives an armored prisoner car into the ocean, where he's rescued by scuba divers, and starting to feel a little thunderball. Mm-hmm. And then he escapes, and he goes and finds Felix and Felix's new wife. And just kills his wife. Yep. Pretty much just kind of glocks her. Yep. Then decides to feed Felix to a shark. Yeah, slowly. Slowly feeds him to a shark. I guess doesn't get the job done. No, he gives it to him in a body bag, but he's alive in that body bag. Yeah, he puts Felix in a body bag next to his wife's dead corpse. Still just fine. Yeah. Still kind of. A presumably had his leg eaten by a shark. Mm-hmm. No, just leg and arm. Just chilling. Mm-hmm. Just fine, actually. So James Bond comes in, finds them, goes on a mission of vengeance. So pissed. He's on the case. He's trying to find uh, initially the shark that attacked Felix. Literally. With his their shared buddy, one of the other groomsmen in Felix's wedding, Sharky, which is There's shark energy. Yeah, a kind of tragic name for him. Mm-hmm. But they're they're on the hunt to find Felix's captor. Um Along the way, James Bond is told to go do his regular day job on a mission in Istanbul by M. James is like, hey, fuck that. I'm going to go find who killed my best friend. 
literally. Well, best Will's wife. wife. Yeah, <laughs> and maimed my best friend. I just killed that girl. I kissed that girl. I just kissed that girl. <laughs> I have to avenge her now, which is more more than he's felt for anybody. Mm -hmm. So he's he's a rogue agent. Yeah, he's he's angry. Um, he's ready to kill. So he's doing this thing. Basically, the rest of the movie is kind of a drug dealing mess. Yep. Oh, yeah, he, so he found out through the shark guys were also dealing, dealing coke and through maggots and that the underlying theme of all of this is Sanchez is actually just trying to sell drugs. Yes. In the worst operation possible. Very confusing. And also run. What would you say Sanchez's operation is, if you could break it down? Um, villain of this movie. Crazy. So cocaine and then also a lot. What were they doing in the lab? What was his product? I think they were making cocaine that could dissolve in gasoline to be hidden mm. and then taken out of gasoline. Yeah, that's sick. Which is pretty dope. Love it. And support big gas. Yeah, pretty much was just going after him the whole time. He was doing but that. then became a sleeper agent for him. He was funneling, Sanchez was funneling money through a televangelist meditation guru. As one does. Guy who's also kind of randomly in this. Maybe for like 15 minutes. It was kind of convoluted. There's so this is we're at minute thirty yes. of a two hour fifteen yep. movie. I would say the remaining hour and forty five minutes is just James Bond getting into more stunt sequences. Mm. He meets two Bond girls. Yeah, that's confusing. One is kind of involved with Sanchez's organization. She's kind of just Sanchez kind of keeps her around. Her name's Lupe. She's the one who was whipped in the beginning. Yeah, she's kind of like the domino. Of, mm -hmm. oh shoot, Thunderball. Yeah. It's kind of like that energy. And then the other one is Pam, oh, Pam Bouvier. Yep. Who's, I think, CIA adjacent. She's a pilot. No, she worked in the art. She used to be an army pilot, but now it's just a regular pilot. Okay. But she was like related to Felix somehow. Oh, yeah. I she was just working with him as like a regular person. Okay. I missed how she got introduced to the plot. She just kind of showed up. They had a, a, Good old-fashioned Louisiana bar fight. Yep. And Bond's like, oh, you're dope. And then they say numbers at each other until they kiss. Yeah, I thought they were going to fight. And then, no, immediately. But they they just fuck on the boat. It's weird. They have probably one of the worst, like, and this is saying something, the worst impetus for romance of any yep. Bond girl. Yeah. Like, normally he James was insulting Bond her. says, like, two things to a woman and then they're having sex. Mm -hmm. But this time I was like, there's no chemistry between them. And then they have sex, and then they build the chemistry. Yep. Over the course of the movie, which is very weird. Yeah, they 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 have that kind of nice chemistry, and then almost immediately he's like, "Also, by the way, you're ugly, and I'm going to need you to change your whole look for if you're going to be like working with me, and I don't want to see you anymore." That's true. That was a weird choice. I do think though that her new look was way I the better. Original. She goes from looking like a Dorothy. I don't know. She looked like, who's that actor that I said? She's in Aliens. She's in Avatar. Oh, Sigourney Weaver. She looks like Sig young Sigourney Weaver. And Sexy. then she goes to like like a Fatal Instinct. What's that movie? Sharon Stone. Mm, wow. Tell you. So this is she tough. reminds me of a Lutheran that I went to college with. So, sounds, I mean, sounds like my type, but absolutely wild. I don't know. So it's basically James Bond working with Pam trying to dismantle Sanchez's organization. And then for the next two hours, we kind of just learn more layers to mm -hmm. Sanchez's drug empire. Q joins. Q does more in this movie than he's done in any movie. And he does more than like half the cast. He's he's like, 
normally Q's just stuck in his lab. You know, he explains a couple gadgets, whatever, or he'll show up in, you know, a Hawaiian shirt. Mm -hmm. But this time he was like, he was in it. And he I mean, wore like three different outfits. He was doing, that's just important. He was doing spy shit, mm -hmm. which was, it was big for him. He was a driver. Shout out Desmond Llewellyn. Didn't get a chance to look at his hands. Nope. I assume they're they much bigger. His ears? Absolutely massive. Mm. Like, what were some of your highlights from this movie? Great question. I would definitely have to say highlight first and foremost would be the fact that Benedicto Toro is in this film. Oh my God, Benicio del Toro. Then, yeah, he is a beautiful creature and I'd like to look at him all Benedict the time. Benedict del Cumberbatch. Yeah. Is, uh, Benicio del Toro, age. That's exactly. Age fuckable. Like whatever. Mm -hmm. Oh my, yeah, he was so. Great fits. Noah Centenario, is that something? Is he the Netflix guy from like Kissing Booth? Huh? I know him from like Sicario. No, I know who Benicio del Toro is. Oh, then what are you trying to say? I'm like, he's like, there's a hot new Netflix guy that kind of looks like young Benicio del Toro. Who? What film is it? Never mind. I'm, re I'm really missing all my red pencils right now. Is it Benicio? No, I've not watched the new teen drama. I haven't um, either. I'm just, I'm just on the internet. I'm on TikTok. Oh. I know the teens and tweens like. Anyways, he's hot and he's got a gold tooth. He ends up being kind of like the secondary villain mm -hmm. of the movie. He was a henchman, but the henchman. He, he gets in the bar fight with Pam and Bond. Uh, and in the back. As, as Bond eventually becomes a double agent for Sanchez, he's trying to get in with his organization. The only person that can blow his cover is Benicio Del Toro. It's epic. Who eventually does in a drug lab fight that is somehow not the end of the movie. No, he dies via falling into a, a grind a, a grinder. grinder. Mm -hmm. This is that okay. was awful. Let's talk about the violence for a second. Uh huh. This Would was... you say that as a highlight or a low light first? It's... <laughs> you must put it in box. No, it's I know. Yeah, everything has to be one. It's tough because I'm like, it. It's so different from the other James Bonds in such a like. A lot of pretty like at one villain is killed by being inflated in a pressure tank until he explodes and you see it and you see it like that's fucked up you're introduced to a whole like a bunch of agents from different regions and then almost immediately you watch them all get, get brutally like, killed genuinely blow up or kill themselves with cyanide like that's you remember kananga in the first he was he was a villain from the first Roger Moore, where he, James Bond had like the inflatable gun yeah. and he shot him with the inflatable and he like up to the ceiling like a balloon. Yes. He died from being inflated to death, but it was pretty silly. Yep. And this one, he died details. from being inflated to death and it was gory. It was really gross. It was really gross. There's a lot of gnarly ass shit in this movie. Like you watch the shark uh, like attacks. Yeah. And you kind of did in the old ones, but not like really. Yeah. I guess maybe, I don't know if it was, I mean, I don't you think saw they blood would. blood in the water. Yeah, I don't think they would go as hardcore as they did in there. Mm -mm. I think, I don't know, it's a double-edged sword. Like I think it separated it from the older Bonds in a very like we're the gritty one. Like, we're we're the Batman. We're the Chris Nolan Batman. Mm -hmm. Like, you should be scared of this. Mm -hmm. But it was also, like, 1989 blood and gore and still, like, PG-13 enough that I was, like, I don't, it, was, it was weird because, like, there was still some of the James Bond winking of, like, this is all silly. I'm a fun, silly spy. And then the fun, silly spy is, like, decapitating people. And you're, like, whoa. Yeah. So I think it was, like, tone the... 
the violence made sense with the context of the movie. The tone of the movie did not match the violence. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. It was a little, it was a little too winky. It was too. It's too James Bond. It's too James Bond. He had a he had a Polaroid camera with a laser in it. Literally, like there was. Yeah, well, I'm glad they didn't show that. that like lasering somebody because I kind of felt that direction. I think highlights for me the stunts were. The stunts were buck wild in this. Mm-hmm. Especially in the end. James Bond at one point water skis like with his bare feet onto a seaplane that is taking off, gets in the plane, throws people out of it, yep. flies the plane away. There's like a lot of a lot of people jumping from planes to other vehicles in this movie, or jumping from other vehicles to planes. Ooh, that was all crazy nice. to watch. But I think low light for this movie, I think it fits with the violence thing and the mm. tone is like, I didn't know. This feels like it should be like a super bleak, serious take on James Bond. Yep. And they still try to fit in some of the silly, goofy James Bondiness of it. Yep. Which I think like when we get to the Craig movies, like Casino Royale does really well of like, Oh, this is some hardcore shit. Yeah. And it just is hardcore the whole way through. And then it gets later in the Craig movies and it's like, okay, there's a little bit of silliness going on. You know, what a wink wink. And it's they're less good because Definitely. of the silliness. This one, I think, like, in it it makes fun of itself when he's like Sanchez is talking to the guy who James Bond stole the plane from. He's like, let me get this straight. He water skied on his feet onto your plane and stole it like yeah i'm in the world of the movie i'm it 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 just reminds me that james bond's essentially a superhero yeah and i don't know if i want to be reminded of that like i just kind of want to believe that he's just a badass and not like you get that this is crazy right audience you get that this is so weird i don't know and what any any highlights lowlights no, I definitely agree on that one. There was a lot of me mentioning the fact that there's just a lot of violence in here and then just saying, wait, everyone's dead, question mark. Yeah. But I do like, it was kind of, I feel like the references to fish was very random in terms of the fact that like it was just kind of a general theme, but it ended up not being what the whole operation was about. There was a lot of fish in this. But at one point they get into a fish fight and that is a highlight for you. <laughs> That's true. A guy tries to spear James Bond with a swordfish. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Is that the fish fight you're talking about? Was her well, separate or fish there's fight? All, there's also when she shoots the the one of the Bond girls, Pam, shoots the end of a big swordfish in a bar, and that hits a bunch of dudes over. A lot of fish fighting mm-hmm. in this. There's also she throws somebody into a maggot container. The movie ends with a I don't know if you caught this a giant fish statue winking at James Bond kissing in the pool. Yeah, that was weird. James Bond he wakes up from a dream oh with a fish face. No, he he gets knocked out and Sanchez takes him back to his compound and is like, "I saved your life, aren't you glad?" And James Bond wakes up and the first thing he sees is a giant fish statue with the face of a boy on it. Which is, it is, I cannot, There, it, it's it's all white. There's no way that I can paint a picture as scary as the actual visage of this fish is. It, it looks, I thought it was going to tend to being like a fever dream sequence. Yes, you were like, oh, is this a dream sequence? And I was like, no, this is just an all white room with a fish boy in it. 
honestly, it was a really epic. I loved the scenery that they were in. The sets were great in terms of yes. like, the resort was sick. And I do think like I, the seriousness was kind of cool in the beginning, but it just kind of, as soon as they started doing the whole like dress up in a casino kind of vibe, when Q kind of, I loved Q coming in, but it did get kind of silly. Yeah. It really starts getting silly. Have, okay. Low light. Mm-hmm. Weird low light. We spend most of the time in this movie in a fake country. Yeah. The con- the Republic of Isthmus, which is just, is just Panama. Why didn't they just do that? Why didn't they just say Panama? Yeah. It makes me feel like, I think, I wonder if Noriega was in power and there was a weird thing in Panama at that time. But like, mm. weird, this is the first Bond movie as far as I know with a made up country. Like normally it's like, look at this exotic tour of the globe and we're going to all these places that theoretically the audience can go visit themselves. Mm. And this was just like, we're in the magical country of Isthmus. Like they made a flag and everything. They made a flag, which was, I think, just the Panamanian flag. <laughs> it was, it was Very weird. Creative. Yeah, I don't know what was going on with that. I didn't like that as much. Did like James Bond in a big T-shirt? Yeah, he was wearing some good outfits. James Bond wore a double XL T-shirt. Uh, and I thought that was very funny. He looked like he was swimming in it. And then he did swim in it. He was soaking wet at one point. That was a highlight for me. Ooh. Low light. A lot of the henchmen wore t-shirts. Yeah. you got to be extra large. James, James Bond can wear a big funky t-shirt. Mm-hmm. I think it's silly. Mm-hmm. The henchmen wearing t-shirts make them seem like they're just kind of dudes. Definitely. Gone are the days of the bright yellow lycra jumpsuit that everybody had to wear uh. in the secret layers. And now it's just dudes in t-shirts. I'd also like to say truck stunts. Truck stunts. There's essentially the final chase of Fast and Furious 4. It's a lot of this movie is just Fast and Furious. It's just Fast and Furious. That's a take. You know, listen, Justin Lin, director of Fast and Furious 4, you have a lot to answer to. Turns out you just watched this movie. No, it's, it's, that's, okay. This, the whole time I was watching this movie, I was like, why don't people talk about this more? Mm-hmm. That it is. Only because it's, it's two and a half hours long. I. It's true. It's long. It feels long. But I think like people didn't know what it was. Like mm-hmm. it is technically a James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. If they would have just called this like any other action movie name, I feel like it would have done better. Yeah. If it wouldn't have been tied to the James Bond legacy. Yeah. And they didn't like try to push that. But I think because it like I don't know. It's just a. It's a good action movie. And then there's some like wacky James Bond shit in it. Mm-hmm. But like I I feel like they were trying to have it both ways in a way that didn't end up servicing the movie. Of like either commit fully to how wacky it is that you have a secret agent with crazy gadgets. Yep. Or commit fully to like Miami Vice. Yeah. Like this Being is a just legit this movie is just movie. a a crazy action star busting drug cartels. Yep. Like, that's what it felt like. I mean, it's late 80s, so I guess that's what a lot of movies were at this time. And they were trying to adapt Bond to it. But I think they, like, almost went too far that it felt weird. It definitely felt like they were trying to put on, like, a little act with them. Like, you can, like, see what era it is. And I'm excited to see what next one's going to be. I'm excited. Because of that. We have our, we have our big gap until 95, Goldeneye. Mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan returns. Alex... Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite Bond moment from a not very Bond Bond movie? I would say a 
mean, there still was, there were some good phrases. I did like when he got the body bag of his friend, there was a sign on it mm. that said he disagreed with something that ate him. That's and pretty good. I was referencing Felix getting bitten by a shark. It's the best Bond moment written by a character who is not, not Bond. Bond. Right. He does say it's a farewell to arms and then hits everybody's arms after he gives up his gun. No, that is good. <laughs> he has sex in a boat. He does. I Which, think twice. I agree. He kisses one Bond girl, then breaks up with her, jumps off a roof to the other Bond girl, and then kisses her. Yeah, that might be, that might be my favorite <laughs> Bond moment. Is, in fact, he does kind of get both Bond girls, but at the end, he just... He kisses the first Bond girl and goes, you know what? You should actually fuck the Panamanian president. And then the Panamanian president shows up and goes... I'm, yeah. I'm down. I would love that. And then he jumps two stories into a pool, mm -hmm. pulls a, another poor woman into a pool. Who's and she's crying. Who's crying because he kissed the other girl. She witnessed it, you know, but at least she saw. She knows what she's into. He's a oh, Q. Wait, Q being the wingman. Because mm -hmm. that same situation happened earlier in the movie where James Bond sleeps with Lupe and then... Pam finds out and is like... Because she just says it to her. Yeah. Lupe goes up to Pam and is like, oh, I know James Bond is still in the country. I just fucked him last night. <laughs> and and Pam, Pam's like, oh. Because I assume she slept with him like a night before. Yeah, at least. Two. How many days does the movie take place over? But... um So she's like, oh, I'm bummed. And then 75-year-old Desmond Llewellyn comes over and goes, oh, well... He has to do everything he can to preserve his secret identity in, in the line of duty. And she's like, bullshit. Like, he really went for it, He too. really didn't need to do that, though. That was a pretty good Bond moment, honestly. Right? There's a lot of... That's uh, M, who has since gone to sleep. <laughs> because this movie is forever. Literally. When we were talking, she's like, he just doesn't feel like Bond to me. Yeah. And that's, that's the overwhelming feeling I get is like... That's fair. I think... These are good 80s action movies. Yeah. I think they're competently told, well-made, good action. Mm -hmm. But the it feels weird that there's just Bond shit in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It doesn't feel natural. No. It's like. I see it. It's like it's like in Black Panther where they when you know it you know exactly what I'm talking. No, it's, no. it's in Black Panther when Letitia Wright points at Chadwick Boseman's sandals and goes, "What are those?" And you're like, "Wait, what? What are you? This was a really cool superhero movie, and then you made like a very dated Vine, Vine reference. reference. Yeah, like, yeah. Hold on, what are we doing? And yeah. so I was like, in the middle of the drug cartel beheading, yeah. James Bond just goes shaken, not stirred, and you're like. What is James Bond doing Turn in this off movie? This bloody machine because this guy just got grinded by a meat grinder. Yeah, who 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 put James Bond in this? Literally, who let him be in this? My one last other favorite Bond moment is also not from him, but in the very Please. very beginning, the bad guy. I mean, it's really this the evil dudes who are carrying this. Great. Stuff. He says he finds Lupe sleeping with the other girl, uh, or guy, and he goes, you want his heart? Give it to her. And it's like, Cuts nice. out the heart. Hardcore. Perfect. <laughs> Do you think, I genuinely think the villain of this movie, Sanchez, had more screen time than Timothy Dalton. That's what it felt like. 
That's what it felt like. This and, movie was uh, mostly following the villain. Yep, henchmen had more screen time than Felix, who was named throughout this movie. Yes, this whole movie is about revenge for Felix. So yeah, that he finally got who, it in the last. Two at minutes. the end, is so cheery and fine. Dog, your wife got shot like yeah, on, a like, the week night ago in her wedding dress. In her wedding dress, insane, foul. Mm-hmm. Felix, you dog. He wasn't a good one. I mean, uh, he almost was, missed his own wedding. Hey, also, the actor who played Felix in this one, real bad actor. His very first line, hey. we were like, ooh. Ooh, <laughs> what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Besides Felix, I guess. We didn't even talk about the manta ray suit. That's the last thing. Talk to me about the manta ray suit. So, there are, you know, we, well, there's a bad guy that we didn't really mention that is additionally in this movie that's just known for being a drunk. He's and, the kind of the drug mule. He just yeah. has the boat that transports a lot of the drugs. Terrible drugs. His operation. name is Crest. His boat is called the Wave Crest. Naturally. He ends up finding something on the radar and they see it and it's just a manta ray. Turns out it's James it's James Bond with a big... That's when we play D&D and I have the cloak of the man array. Yes. That's exactly what I'm doing. You have to send a picture of that to the group. <laughs> I'm just doing my sneaky little thing. Mm-hmm. No, it's... That's... That, listen. That fits with the Sean Connery duck hat. That was a Sean Connery moment. Like, the weird disguise. Amazing. Mm-hmm. This is a great James Bond movie. Next scene, the guy blows up in the pressure chamber, and I'm like, this is not a James Bond movie anymore. Which makes it so buck wild that Casino Royale exists. You know, Casino Royale, I think, just took what this movie was trying to do and did it. It's true. It was a really good blueprint for them. These movies are Mm -hmm. good, but they're too. Mm. Alex, is there a character from this movie? As I ask every week mm-hmm. that you would like to see have their own movie. Most definitely. Oh, who is it? And I'd love to get the story of. Most, mm-hmm. defini- most definitely. And then you, you know have what? no I, idea. I would think I'm changing my answer. I would <gasps> like to have a story about whatever follows Lupe's life. Lupe. After she's married to, I guess, the president of. It's. The Republic of Isthmus. Yeah, I feel like you could get a really good side film about it. She's seen it all. That's true. All right. I like that. I can get behind that. I would do... A lot of the interesting characters do die in this movie. Yeah. We do choose dead people, though, sometimes. That's true. We could do a prequel. Mm-hmm. You did that last time, I think. Yeah, that could be true. Like, a, a prequel... Hmm. Kind of what? I don't know if he died, actually... There's there's also a, a like a fifteenth subplot. It, the past two movies, both of them have been about a very simple premise. Yep. Someone is trying to deal drugs, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Well, hold on, let us add eighteen different twists and turns to that storyline." Like everyone does a drug. It movie. literally, it literally is just both plots. Like the last one boils down to someone selling heroin, but yep. they're doing it in Afghanistan with the Mujahideen. And then there's like this whole other thing and they're assassinating spies to start a spy war. And for what? For what? There's a cellist. Uh, yeah, that music sideline. No, it's crazy. This one is kind of the same thing of like, oh, they're, they're selling cocaine, but also they're doing it through like a submarine and a plane and a boat and fish he's testing. paying off the president and like there's fish, illegal fish sales involved. 
and all this just bullshit. <laughs> but one of the one of the final little you know pieces of the layer cake mm-hmm. is Sanchez, the drug dealer, mm-hmm. has arranged to purchase stinger missiles from the Contras oh, yeah. to shoot down an American airliner if they try to stop his drug operation. Love that. That never factors into the movie. We don't fully know if he bought the missiles or not. But there's a a guy who's working with Sanchez who's like a CIA double agent or something. Yes. Who is working with Pam to to foil his scheme with the Stinger missiles. So I would have like a subplot about all the different government agencies involved in taking Sanchez down that mm, all got foiled. Definitely. But I think he didn't die. I think the guy who was who? involved in the Stinger missile thing oh. escaped. I thought... Or maybe exploded. I thought, no, no, he definitely exploded. No, they right. all died. Everybody... Okay, yeah, maybe it's a prequel of them, like, setting up this this well, doomed operation. Like, him, the Hong Kong DEA. Like, Suicide Squad style. Suicide Squad. So I'm gonna... I like that. I'm gonna write down... I would like... Agency Squad. Agencies. as my people. Alex. Out of 10. 10 being the mm. highest... Zero being the lowest. I'm going to give this. What's this movie? That's a great question. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Seven and a half? You like this a little bit more than the last one. I did. You know, I think even though this plot was kind of silly, it made a bit more sense to me. I agree. Now, I, I feel that. I. Mm-hmm. Timothy Dalton movies are crazy. It's a lot to factor in. They're just both too, like 30 minutes too long because they keep going. But what if the villain's also doing this to hide their thing? He's doing drugs. Yep. Deal with it. Like even the most complicated plots of the previous movies of like he's trying to flood the world so everyone can live underwater is yep. kind of just like three steps of like one, build underwater base. Two, get things to flood the world. Three, flood the world. Yeah, but then you end up having a whole side plot about like a separate thing every time. It's very Bond. I'm going to give this one a seven. Okay, definitely. We switched. We switched. I think you like this one a little bit more. I liked the first Timmy D a little bit more. But we liked his. But we liked it. I Timothy, Timothy Dalton is the most consistent James Bond. He looks like a spy and he looks like a spy again tonight. I tell you what, his hair was a little long. M said his hair was long, speaking for her. It's, it's definitely a thick toupee. Oof, he looked tough. his best when it was halfway slicked back, not fully. That was the worst he's ever looked. Yes. Yeah, no, that was pretty tough. His hairline is hurting. Mm-hmm. Like, just um, don't make it a straight line. Up next, we're going on a Pierce. Yes. Six-year time jump. It's the mid-90s. It was two mm. years before our birth. I'm loving this. Goldeneye. I have seen Goldeneye before. Okay. And I am thrilled to be watching it again. Uh, yeah. Should Gold- we make it a thing? Judy Dench in her oh. first role as M. We have a lot to look forward to. Wait, they start M this early? As being... Wow. Yeah, dude. No, Judy, Judy Dench has been in it. Iconic. Y'all stay tuned for our review of Judy Dench's starring role as M in 007's Golden Eye, 1995. Gold finger. Catch you later.